Welcome to this week's episode of the Photo Detective Podcast. I'm Maureen Taylor, the Photo Detective. I'm beyond thrilled to let you know that my book, Family Photo Detective, has been updated and re-released for 2023. In fact, it's been out of print for a number of years, so I am pretty excited about having it back in print. My book is the easiest way to unlock the secrets behind your family photos by helping figure out key elements and how you can identify more about your family through pictures. You can find it on my website at MaureenTaylor.com. It's right on the front page, so you can't miss it. And it's available in both ebook and print formats. My guest today is Sharon Carmack. She's a genealogist, a certified one. And Sharon, you and I go back a long way, but why don't you tell everyone about yourself? Well, as you said, I am a certified genealogist. I've been certified for 32 years, hard to believe. Way back when, Maureen and I, we met at genealogical conferences, and I was also editor of better what it was called better way books then and that's when Maureen did her two excellent books on photographs and photograph analysis and identification and I was thrilled to be her editor and part of that so that that's our history since then I've been teaching online for Salt Lake Community College I teach courses in writing family history various courses and I've been writing books And my most recent book is In Search of Maria B. Hayden, The American Medium Who Brought Spiritualism to the UK. It's it's quite a a book, Sharon. I have it right here in front of me. (laughs) It's a big, thick book. It's a big, thick book. (laughs) And I have a lot of questions for you about this book. Good. Yeah, I've I've been reading some of it. I guess the first thing I'd like to start with is why Maria? Why not just because you are a spiritualist, but but why Maria? I mean, there are plenty of other people you could have written about, like they're that are mentioned in here that may have other books written about them, but why Maria? Well, that's the big question. I, I am a spiritualist medium, and I can't say for sure whether I chose Maria or Maria chose me to be her biographer, even though she's been long gone since 1883. But When I started my studies as a spiritualist, there was very little written about Maria, a paragraph, or what I would find online was just regurgitating the same thing over and over and over again. There also were no photographs of her. So I became really curious and no one had seemed to done any type of genealogical research or knew how to do it. And so I started finding her in census records, vital records, newspapers, and all different kinds of records, realizing this woman's story needs to be told. It hasn't been told. And the reason for that, I think, a lot of the mediums of the 19th century were what I would call public mediums. They were out speaking, giving addresses, and doing public readings, whereas Maria wasn't in the public eye. She preferred to do what today we would call a private sitting or a private reading. Back then they called them seances for about six people. And so she didn't really get the public attention that someone on the stage would. And my goal was not just to tell her story, but to tell the story of those mediums who weren't 
in the public eye who weren't on stage. And then you came to me and you said, if anyone's wondering why we have spiritualism on the Photo Detective podcast, because you had located some photographs or supposed photographs and you wanted me to weigh in on the mystery. One of the things that you do in the book, which is quite lovely, is the story within the story, which is where you talk, it's very suspenseful. Are there photographs? Can you find photographs? Descendants that you reached out to? What are they going to send you? Will it be the right thing? And and that's sort of woven in sort of chapter openers throughout the book. And that was quite effective. Oh, good. I'm glad you like that. Yes, that w- that's why the book's called In Search of Maria B. Hayden. That's really what the search was about is what did this woman look like? Surely she had a photograph taken and could I find it? And it took me forever <laughs> to find it. Well, and as you, as you say, there are photographs of her husband. Yes, exactly. And so if there are photographs of him, the odds are she had at least one taken, whether or not it had survived. I had no idea, but I was reaching out to archives and lar- libraries, to spiritualist libraries and archives, university libraries and archives. I was reaching out everywhere. And because Maria eventually became a medical doctor, went to medical school and became a medical doctor, I thought maybe there's a class photo. A a reasonable assumption. Exactly, because she was only one of three in her class. So kept looking and nothing was happening. And that's when I decided I have to trace her descendants. That's the only way I'm gonna, because websites, they have pictures of Queen Victoria. As we discussed, I found another photograph of a woman that at first glance, might have been her was the right time period but as you helped me research you actually you did the research and I just took it a little bit further the photographer was not in the same place as Maria would have been it would have been impossible for that woman to have been Maria because the photographer was the key to debunking that photograph so that was very helpful and as often happens I mean two things one the most likely place you're going to find a family photograph is in the family, even though she's pretty well known, not extraordinarily well known. And then two, as we know, I mean, you've done women's history, you may have lots of photographs of the men in all of your family, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they spent the money to have the picture taken of their wife. Exactly. But as we said, since he had a photograph taken, they had the money. Mm -hmm. And since she went to medical school with him, they were in the same class, they enrolled at the same time. I thought, surely there's a picture of her somewhere. When I finally tracked down descendants, it was, well, we have the photograph, but it's buried in the closet and we need to dig it out. No, we, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, I'm so close and yet so far. We have her prescription pad. It's like, if you've got her prescription pad, you've got her photograph. Right. So, so it was frustrating in that sense when I finally did track down the descendant who had the photograph. It was an elderly woman who was wheelchair bound and her husband has Parkinson's. And she said, oh, we have photographs. And, and it turned out they had only one, but that was okay. One was enough, but it was packed away and she couldn't get to it because of her health condition, her husband's health condition. So unfortunately it wasn't until after she passed that her son contacted me and her daughter contacted me because I had been in touch with all of them. 
and said, we have the photograph. And then they sent me a copy of it. And fortunately it was labeled, but of course anybody could have written her name on it. And so that's when I contacted you to see, okay, we need, I knew I needed to research the photographer. I'd learned that from you in your book. So I knew I needed to do that, but I wasn't an expert in the clothing for the time period. And that's when I said, ah, I've got to have Maureen look at this. She will be able to date it for me. But not only did you find one photograph, you found multiple photographs Yes, by doing this exact kind of deep dive research. Exactly. Now, the question is whether these other photographs were Maria or relatives. There was one that was labeled um, not Maria's name, but another woman's name with the same maiden name or some resemblance. But when you looked at that photograph and it was taken in England, and but it was not the time period when Maria was in England. Yeah. And so it was But like, it says on the back of that picture. Yeah for mom, for mama, right? In, in Maria's handwriting. In Maria's handwriting. And so, and I still haven't unraveled that mystery. You know, I couldn't hold up the book to <laughs> forever for that one. But if she's a relative, there's a family resemblance. The signature is Maria's, I'm convinced of that. But who the woman is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't. And then we found another photo, the family had another photograph, which you had thought was carved on or drawn on whalebone of Maria as a little girl. And, and the family insisted, no, it wasn't whalebone. They said it was celluloid. But what was interesting, of course, it's her when she was, what did we figure, 13, maybe? 13, 13. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated the fact because you know photographs and portraits for the time period of saying it was an idealized one. Oh, definitely. Too perfect. Too perfect. And so that was really important to include in the book to say it could be her, but it may not be. There's not enough to go on to really confirm. She was born in Nova Scotia, so whalebone would have made sense. But so as you know, I've been, a, I was a picture researcher for historical books before I was the photo detective and after as well. And it can be really difficult to illustrate a book, a historical biography, but you have illustrations sprinkled throughout this. I mean, there is just a wealth of, a wealth of images that you found, not just of Maria, but of places that she had a connection with and her letters, of course, things like that. But you've done a spectacular job of illustrating um, this, this biography. And I just want to say it's an interesting read, of course, because you've oh. written it. You write very well. Well, I just want to say for anyone undertaking a project like this, it really helped. I had an illustration log. So oh, yes. I had every single illustration logged, who owned the illustration, whether they've given their permission, what the fee was, et cetera, et cetera. Because I forget now how many illustrations I, I have in here. It looks uh, like 100. 130. On the back of the book, it says 130. 130 illustrations, which were also records and clips of newspaper articles and that kinds of things. So yeah, it was... 
I was amazed at what I could find. I'm amazed at what you could find. Yeah, you've done a very good job with it. And let's just get into the story just a little bit, which is the the Haydens become spiritualists, but it's unclear to me exactly how they choose this as what they're going to do before they decide to go to medical school. What's the turning point for them? Okay. Well, in 1848 is when the Fox sisters in upstate New York heard rappings on the wall and decided to try and communicate with whatever it was that was rapping on the wall, figuring it was probably a spirit. This is the birth of modern day spiritualism. People have been communicating with the dead since there were people. So as the Fox sisters story spread, this was the first time somebody was communicating with an everyday person who had died. We're not having a vision of the Virgin Mary. We're not having a vision of some saint or anything else. We're talking to a a real person. And the message was very simple. We survived physical death. So as this message spread, William, Maria's husband, was a newspaper man and a journalist. And he had read about it in the newspapers and gotten wind of the story. And so all of a sudden, people are having seances. That's their nightly entertainment. (laughs) We're going to have a seance tonight and see if we can cause raps, have the spirits cause raps. So Maria and William were around a seance table. They had had three or four seances before they realized, let's ask who the medium is. And so they would go around the room and say, is it Joe? Is it Cindy? Is it Sarah? And wait for the raps. And initially, the raps came when William's name was said. And so he was the designated, the spirit world had chosen him as the medium. But he didn't want to give up his job as a newspaper man. And he was also a botanic physician, not educated botanic physician, but in uh, apprenticed. And so he didn't want to give that up. And so the spirit world, through raps, They would have like a Ouija board with the alphabet. And as raps would happen, you'd point to the letter A, no raps, go to the next letter B, no raps, go to the next letter C. It was very laborious to get words and sentences. And they indicated, okay, well, if we can't have you, we'll have Maria. (laughs) And so Maria became a public medium in the sense that she was giving seances. And so But prior to that also, William was a member of the Unitarian Church, which had a very open mind, very similar philosophy to spiritualism, except for the communication with the dead part. So it fit very naturally with his open-mindedness and his belief system anyway. So that was really the turning point when they became mediums or when Maria took over as the medium. He had told a friend about it who had been lecturing in England and said, I think people in England are going to be interested in this. And he, they consulted the spirits and off they went to England. Hmm. And in England, they did seances, not for the common person, but for royalty, for the dukes and duchesses and the lords and the ladies and the physicians and journalists and, and people who are in the upper middle classes and upper classes and convinced them that this was not fraud, that spirits were communicating. And just another opportunity to be photographed because if you're just doing seances for the average 
parlor game person, that's not the same as doing it for royalty. Exactly, exactly. 1852-53, still a bit early, as you told me, for photographs. I yeah. mean, it wasn't possible, but still a little bit early. There could be a photograph of her still floating around in England. I was in contact with the archivist of the Spiritualist National Union and some repositories there. Nobody had a photograph of her or at least an identified one. The archivist at the Spiritualist National Union had a photograph that somebody brought in and said it was Maria, but no identification. He didn't know anything about photo identification and analysis. So when I finally had an identified photo from the family and we compared those two, there was no question that woman was not Maria. Mm -hmm. Totally different look. I mean, there was just no mm -hmm. doubt about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. And so seances in those periods, this is pre-Civil War, before before their spirit photographed, before Mary Todd Lincoln is involved in all of this. This is early. Very early, very early. Comparatively, it really revs up during the Civil War with everyone wanting to communicate with their deceased family member. And this is part of the reason I feel Maria started getting away from holding seances. She continued after she went to England, she came back to Boston and held seances in the rest of the 50s, the 1850s, then moved to New York City. She was doing healing work, healing work through mediumship, like laying on of the hands and, and, and that sort of thing. But I really feel the reason Maria moved away from mediumship and focused more on medicine and healing was because spiritualism in America and in England was taking a different turn. That's when mediums were getting into this cabinet and it was held in the dark and there was ectoplasm, which is supposedly a substance that comes out of the mediums. And there were manifestations that were photographed. But I mean, you look at those photographs and you have to really wonder. Yeah, likely not. <laughs> yes. So, I, you know, they may have impressed them then, but nowadays we look at them and say, eh, I don't think so. Right. Well, we're smarter. When right. we come to photographic evidence, right. we're, we're a little more savvy because we're used to pictures. Right. What we right. see and what we don't see. Right. Well, even today, you know, today the big thing is orbs. Well, orbs okay. didn't show there up. There are orbs everywhere online. Orbs didn't show up until digital photography became so popular. And then all of a sudden there are orbs and everything. <laughs> yes, I went on a, go a local ghost tour and it was all about the orbs, orbs, orbs. And I was like, yeah. What happened to the wrapping? <laughs> I know. I know. Well, and that's the thing with mediumship and spiritualism. There has to be an intelligence behind it. You ask a spirit, okay, rap for the letters or rap in response, and you get a response. There's an intelligence behind it because there's a person behind it without a body. Today, we don't do as much physical mediumship. We do more mental mediumship. That's what I am, a mental medium. And spirit communicates through me, through my mind, through my heart, through my soul. And I give evidence of who that person is. If I'm talking to a spirit person that I've never met before, and I've never met you before, the evidence I give you should be unique. And I should have absolutely no way of knowing it. And so that's the difference. Now we do mental mediumship rather than the physical. Interesting, interesting. 
And so it's a fascinating biography, but then of course you're a certified genealogist. Yes. So you, I, think, I think of this as two separate books, two separate audiences even perhaps, because then you include the genealogy of the family. And I'm like, I'm reading along. I think this is great, great, great. And I'm like, wait, we've got the genealogy of the Haydens. This is interesting. Why did you decide to add an entire genealogy book onto your already existing beautiful biography? That's a, a really good question. I think because I wanted, you know, I, I kept toying back and forth. Is this a two volume book or one volume? And I decided to include the genealogy as the second part of the book or the second quarter of the book because I didn't feel the genealogy alone was significant enough to sell. <laughs> I felt like it was part of the whole story. It was part of, there was so much misinformation about Maria that to me, it was part of the whole story. And I had contacted not only descendants of Maria, but descendants of William from his third marriage and got a wealth of information. That's where I got a lot of the photographs from, was the granddaughter of William from his third marriage. Mm -hmm. And I felt it was, an injustice not to include everything, to get it all in there. I know it's a big book, it's 600 pages. I know it's a huge book, but it's all together rather than separated. Well, it's 371 pages of biography. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is the genealogy. So the genealogy, her medical articles, you know, the appendix is more than just the genealogies. It's got, I reproduced all of her medical articles and there weren't that many. There were only three. And then you have this extensive endnote section and bibliography that goes on. So it's yeah. 1200 yeah. footnotes, <laughs> 1200 footnotes of which I am one. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, you are. I, I, I tell my husband that's, that's always been my goal is to be a footnote in somebody else's work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just fabulous to be a footnote. <laughs> I want to thank you for being on the photo detective, but I do have a question for you. So yes. if anyone's related to the Haydens or what was her, her Trend. maiden name? Trendholm? Trendholm. Mm -hmm. Um, you should check this out because this is brand new genealogical information for you. If you're interested in the development of spiritualism and how Sharon found all these photographs, that's a story within a story in the biography, which is fascinating as well. But I'm asking my guests now the final question, which is, do you have a favorite family photo, past or present? And why is that your favorite? Uh, you know... Initially, I was going to say the photograph that I have of my great-grandmother from Ireland because it is, she's standing outside by a chair. She looks like uh, Uncle Fester in her dress. <laughs> That's hard to hear. And initially, I was going to say that, but now I want to change my mind. And it would have to be a photograph that I have of my father. He was a helicopter pilot for the Environmental Protection Agency. And I have a picture of him standing and the, what he did is he went around to all the lakes in the United States doing water samples. The scientists would go with him and do water samples to check for pollution. And he's standing on the platoon of the helicopter and my daughter who's like three is looking up at him and he's looking down at him, her with the biggest smile on 
his face and it just brings tears to my eyes every time. And I'm so grateful for that photograph. Photograph is a story. Mm -hmm. Thank you yep. very much, Sharon. Thank you, Maureen. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one -on -one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.